You're listening to the Country Chat Podcast with your host, Dom. Subscribe, give a five-star rating, and follow us on Twitter at country underscore chat. And stay up to date. Hi there. You listen to Country Chat with Dom, with me, Dom. Today, I'm going over to Nashville, and I'm speaking with Hallie Cairns. Hi, Hallie. Hello, how are you doing? I'm fantastic. How have you been? I've been great. I think, like anyone, this year's been a huge adjustment for me. But, you know, I've found a lot of silver linings within 2020. So it's been it's been really good. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. It's been it's been quite hectic. I, I was on holiday last week in Greece. Right, yes. And then coming back, it's like trying to catch up on everything. So what have you been up to recently then? Obviously, we've got the releases out. Mm-hmm. That's been the biggest focus right now. The first half of the year, was I was in the studio like crazy. I had a bunch of shows that got canceled. So it actually gave me a lot of time to get into the studio and record this music. So that actually turned out pretty great because these are my first releases ever as an artist. And I got five songs out of it and have two out now and three more coming up before the end of the year. So that's been all my focus recently is just like plugging that like crazy and trying to figure out what exactly that looks like in quarantine without being able to (laughs) tour it or anything. So it's been interesting for sure. But uh, that's been my main focus right now. Yeah. Well, you've been living in Nashville for the past year or so now so uh-huh. it's must be weird living in nashville thinking you know what i've been in these writers round with all these artists i now want to create my own music i want to release my own music should i say and then this whole worldwide thing happens yeah i mean who would have predicted a global pandemic for sure yeah i didn't expect a global pandemic to hit whenever i chose to release music that was definitely unforeseeable but it's actually turned out really cool i got to focus a lot on my online fan base and that sort of thing and really connect with people i mean even just like you and that sort of thing like it's been awesome to reach new people and get to speak with audiences i probably wouldn't have been able to before so and my mind was so set on touring you know and i've watched my friends and other people in town have releases and you know they put a song out and then they get to do a showcase and then tour around that a little bit and you know push it so I'm thinking that's how mine are gonna go and yeah that all happened and I'm like you know I'm, I'm not gonna not release music because of it so definitely a different approach to releasing music but I think it's it's been really great a lot of online reach right now it must have been frustrating though like you just want to rip your hair out like because you want to you want to be able to go out there and scream at the top of your lungs this is what I've got you know this is my new music look at me and instead we're on our phones doing it instead yeah a little I'm really 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 excited to get out and perform these eventually that's I love performing more than anything I love there's nothing like connecting with a crowd in person but also I know that now more than ever people do need more like new music and just more music that they can kind of use to help them cope with these times so I thought you know, what better time actually to put out music? Definitely not how I anticipated it going, but it's it's really great. It's been cool. So when when did you actually first have the five tracks recorded down or even just written? I think, uh, well, written over the last year and a half or so, I've written all five of these. Um, and then I recorded all five at one time over, you know, a couple weeks stint, yeah. but all at once. And so... I think I finally got my master's back and we were completely wrapped up in early June, I want to say, uh, maybe mid-June. And then I got ready for that first release, picked me up and stuck it out on July 31st. We got rolling right away. As soon as we were done, I was like, we're going out. <laughs> What's it been like then since actually releasing Pick Me Up? Because Pick Me Up blew up. Everyone's loved it. Everyone's, it's got so many streams. It's just so great to see. Thank you. Yeah, that one, it blew my mind because I truly went into it with no expectations. I didn't know 
what a release should feel like or be like. And, you know, I've seen every form of release just being here in Asheville and witnessing it with other artists and stuff, you know. And I just, I've been told over and over, have no expectations with the first release. It's just your first song. It's kind of like a, hey, here I am. And <laughs> it just really took on a little life of its own. And, you know, Radio Disney picked it up. Country Hits UK picked it up. It, it It's like right under 100,000 streams right now. And it's only been out since July, like late July, almost August. And it, I don't know. It's just, it's wild how much it just exploded and really set the bar high for the next couple singles yeah when you hear like advice like that you know saying don't expect much from it and then this happens you must think you know what i'm not gonna listen to anybody i'm just gonna put my own stuff out and just put my stamp on the world right i think i just wanted i knew at the end of the day i was really really proud of that song and all the songs that are coming out so it didn't matter how it did of course i wanted to do well and um people love it the way i do but at the end of the day, I was like, hey, I could have 100 people listen to it and I'd be thrilled because I'm really proud of this project, which is really the first time I've been there as an artist feeling like, okay, I'm really at the point I want to be in to release music. And yeah, just to see it received the way it was after having that feeling like, hey, it's going to do what it's going to do. And then it did as well as it did. I was like, oh my gosh, okay, cool. Maybe maybe we're on to something here. <laughs> so before we actually start going into depth as such with Pick Me Up and I Drink Whisk, I want to go right to the start. I want to know what was it that made you you want to become an artist and pursue like country music or even just music in general? Yeah. Uh, well, I was raised on country music, so that's always just been like a huge part of me and what I like and what I listen to, what I gravitate towards. Um, and I listened to like, you know, all nineties country growing up and a lot of, you know, there was a huge wave of like female empowerment in nineties country. And I was raised on a lot of that. And Whenever I was about 13, I picked up a guitar just because I saw like Taylor Swift and, you know, Martine McBride and all these people who were like these awesome boss ladies who can play. And I wanted to be like the cool guitar chick. And that's really how it started. Like I just yeah. <laughs> a girl who can play guitar. It had nothing to do with singing. Um, and then I just got hooked on it and I fell in love with it. And um, I taught myself chords on YouTube and just learned that way and looked up songs I'd want to play and figured out, okay, this needs a C, a D and a G chord. YouTube, how to play a G chord, how to, play, you know, and that's, that's how yeah. I began. Yeah. And, uh, it just kind of became therapeutic to me and, um, my little escape, you know, I was always in my room and my dad could hear me through the air events, but he never told me that until years later. And I thought I was just, you know, being all secretive. And I really fell in love with guitar playing first and singing was almost just to accompany my guitar playing. And then the whole thing just became this creative love, um, started writing songs that were horrible, but, you know, had to start somewhere. (laughs) And uh, when I was about 16 years old, we started talking about college and the immediate next step after high school. um, Not sure if it's the same in the UK, but I'm sure it's similar. If if you don't know what you're going to do, the immediate next step is kind of like you push to go to college and get your general education, you know, whatever it is. And I was, I grew up in a college town. So I, we always called Mizzou was the campus there and we always called it Rockbridge 2.0 which was my high school 2.0 because it's like if you don't know what you're doing you're just gonna go there um but I was about 16 and we all started having those conversations I was a year out from graduating and my dad's like so what do you want to do where are you going to school and I was like I think I want to pursue this music thing he's like what does that mean I "I don't know (laughs) I, I truly have no idea but let's figure it out and he was all about it and um I moved to Kansas City and started playing out full time and then Three and a half years later, moved to Nashville. It must be such a a great step to go away from the family home to then move into Kansas City and then move into Nashville. It must be daunting. 
you know, as a, as a young female. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was five years in the making before finally releasing music and I've experienced, you know, every wave of emotion in between now and then just like the, the growing pains of, you know, being 18 and trying to figure out what you want to do with the rest of your life mixed with having this dream that's so big, but it feels kind of unattainable because you have no idea how to get there. Like I had no connections in this industry, no, um, people who knew what they were doing. And so just really trying to invent it from the ground up and not even knowing what that means. Um, but also knowing that it's the only thing that I really love and I'm going to make it work, whether it's in 30 years or two years or whatever, you know, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna happen. So. That's awesome. That just shows <laughs> the amount of dedication and love for the craft. I love, I love every bit of it. I love even the tedious, you know, emails and that kind of stuff, the kind of not glamorous side of everything. I, I love it all. It's just really fun. I mean, just before uh, when we was talking about the equipment that I've got here, how it wasn't working, we were saying um, hopefully it isn't like the main parts of the equipment, like the speakers in the laptop. And it was like, hopefully it's not too expensive. But music equipment itself (laughs) is really expensive. When you add it all together, like individual parts might be like £50, £100, £300, whatever like grade you want, whatever like if it's high quality equipment or same in dollars, you know, it could be $300, $500. But when you add it all together, you end up spending a good, a good chunk of money. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it takes so long to see any of that back. If ever um, you're getting, I made a joke. My dad was talking to me about, you know, my Spotify spending. He's like, you're hitting like a hundred thousand. I was like, I've probably made $17 from that. Like that's all. you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you just, there's not a lot of money in it at first. And I kind of understand that, you know, that's why I think this COVID thing especially has really hurt a lot of people here because gigging is definitely the way to make the most money, you know, with tours and merch and, um, that all got taken away from a lot of people. So you're not, you know, you see these people who are streaming like crazy and, oh, they have to just be doing so well. And it's, you don't make, there's no money in it, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, it's a lot of, upfront costs definitely. yeah well mm-hmm. that, you can see why a lot of people have had these like virtual tip jars it's not yeah. to not to force people to pay money but it's to encourage people to think outside the box and think hang on these people aren't actually making anything now you know before there was barely scraping by and even a lot of the costs and stuff would would automatically sap a lot of the money made away whereas now being stuck indoors if people have got their own full-time jobs, then that is at least something, but it's not everything because right. everybody wants to make music. You know, we all want to be out here in the industry trying to succeed and trying to grow yourself. And you, it's kind of like shunted and stunted and yeah, yeah it's, it's, kind yeah. Of, it's not easy. I have dozens of friends who had to get back there. You know, they quit their nine to fives or they, um, stop working at the restaurant they were working at and they were able to pursue music full time and that got taken away recently. And I have, I can, I know so many people who just have had to, you know, get another job again, just in order to pay the bills. And it's just, it's, that's a, that's a hard feeling. Cause it almost feels like you're going backwards. Like you broke through this like kind of barrier and then you got put behind it again. And it's, it's tough, but I know that, you know, everyone's in the same boat right now. And yeah. that's thing that, if you're moving backwards, everyone's moving backwards. Everyone's going to move forward together again too. And it's, yeah, that's the one. Just looking forward to that day where we can say everything is behind us now, you know, look back in the past and look what we had to go through. And here we are 10 times stronger. Right. 
that's crap. that's what we're all looking forward to. Do you have like yeah. a second job yourself? I was a nanny before COVID actually. Yeah. I was, I was nannying, um, for a family of six kids. Oh, wow. <laughs> Which, yeah, it was a lot. Um, I was more of like a mother's helper nanny though. So she had kids ranging from 15 to three years old. And I was kind of hanging out with like the younger two to three while the other ones were getting run all over back and forth to activities and whatnot. So, and helped with dinner and cleaning up and that sort of thing. It was awesome. I grew up in, I have three sisters. Um, and so we always, between the four of us girls, always had so many friends over and our house was always chaotic and so much fun, high energy. And it felt like that again, you know, and I'm yeah. seven hours away from home driving distance. So it was really nice to kind of have that family component of just like chaos again in the best way, you know? Wow. I mean, <laughs> I've, I've got a brother and sister myself and we've had, and we've had foster brothers and sisters uh-huh. growing up. So I've always, ha- I've always been in a big household. And just the thought of having like screaming kids running left, right and center, it's like crazy. Right. It's so fun though. I wouldn't have it any other way. You do, you do what you can to earn the money. And if it's something you enjoy doing, then yes, no, it's brilliant. Yeah. I loved it. I really do. And I babysit here and there now where I can, but uh, yeah, due to COVID and everything, I kind of want to stand still, which is understandable. What are you doing now regarding like accommodation? Do you... I'm okay right now. Like I'm, I'm good for a little while. Um, but soon I'll probably start nanning up again and just having to do that sort of thing. But music's doing well right now. I'm all right. That's brilliant. That's yeah. That that's, that's the main thing is making sure that you're coping. Yes. But still, if you listen to this, do you have any merch? I will have merch in November. (laughs) So when you listen to this in November, be sure to head to the website and buy the merch. Yes, please. That helps so much, actually. We're going to do some really cute merch, too. Like, we're going to make it very branded towards, you know, my whole thing. And um, we'll probably reference each song off the EP. So I'm not sure exactly what pieces we're going to have yet, but it's going to be cool. It's going to be really fun. Once the EP drops, we'll release merch with it. See, I love it in, like, your bio and whenever we get, like, press kits, it always says that it's, like, a very feminine, very girly yeah. kind of styling. And I just yes. love how flowery and pink and bright it is. I love, like, all Easter color everything. Like, I love pinks and blues and greens. And uh, I really wanted that my – when people go to my page, I want them to feel kind of what I – envision myself feeling like I guess that's kind of a weird way to say it but no 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 I want to encapsulate who I want to be as an artist in the visuals too and um my creative director does a really good job of pulling that off and kind of seeing what's in my mind and making it um tangible so oh you totally yeah. get that you really really do it's thank you I'll definitely have some men's merch too though but that won't be too flowery oh, I was hoping <laughs> I was hoping to have big rose petals and <laughs> Hallie Kearns in that nice bubble writing some crop tops or something. That's it. <laughs> crop tops and Daisy Dukes. I'll be, I'm sure I could pull it off. You totally could. You got it. <laughs> what like other kinds of merch are you like looking at getting a t-shirts, hoodies? Yeah, I know we're doing thing? sticker packs for sure. Ooh. Like just, yeah, we'll do some kind of like, you know, water bottle stickers or laptop or wherever you want to put them. Um, we'll do them branded for each song. And then we're going to do t-shirts, um, probably some hoodies. And maybe like baseball caps or something. I haven't really figured it out completely yet. We want to do also some whiskey glasses that like maybe on the bottom say I drink whiskey like once you finish it. If we can pull that off or figure it out. We were just kind of 
dreaming all big right now but <laughs> that would be perfect that that's Isn't that cool though that's real like proper whiskey tumbler glasses kind of oh. right <gasps> Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm sure you can get them, whether it's on the bottom or probably on the side. Or I'm sure you can get. I'm sure there's definitely companies that do like the laser etching kind of thing, where you can right. get whatever you want. I was thinking, like we could do like a four pack of. I'm just dreaming this out with you right now. No, it's like perfect. Four, <laughs> like the four whiskey glasses, you know, in like a gift box, and have each song referenced. There's five songs, but like four of the five. Like, need a little pick-me-up would be so cute on one. And then I drink whiskey, obviously. And I don't know. You could just play with it. It'd be so cool. Well, if there's five songs, four glasses, what you need is a nice little bottle inside with the title around the label. Horrible in the middle. Yes. That's so cute. That's a perfect Christmas <laughs> gift. <laughs> You're like, I get 20% of the proceeds now. <laughs> oh, wait. I'd, I'd, yes, I'd, and it'll be right before Christmas, so it's just perfect timing. I'd, I'd never do that. But yeah, that, that, that's perfect timing for Christmas for November. Mm-hmm. See, everybody... we'll do a Black Friday sale and all that kind of stuff too. What are you excited about in the next coming few months? Then I'm stoked for the rest of the music to come out and for people to hear kind of a different side of me. Um, I think all five of these songs are really different from each other, and the next one's going to be a ballad, so Ooh. that'll be a different feel for um, you know my last two songs have been very upbeat and fun and flirty, and um, they kind of slow down a little bit, which is exciting because I think it's time for that. Now, we're getting into those colder months and everything and just slow it down, you know? Yeah. That's... <laughs> and I'm just, um, my little sister's having a baby on Friday. So as far as personal life goes, I'm going to be an aunt for the first time. And my little sister's going to be the best mom in the entire world. So I am, I'm stoked. I'm going home on Thursday, actually to Missouri. Oh, that's, Oh, yes. I know. I know. <laughs> boy or girl. It's a boy, little boy. That's so, Oh, Yes. I'm like I said I'm one of four girls um and so we've never had boys in the family and my dad's like there's no way it's gonna be a boy like he's like I don't know it's just gonna be a girl that's my luck that's my karma um it's gonna be a girl and we found out it's a boy and he's like what what do we do (laughs) but we're all so excited um finally got a little boy in the family and yeah it's gonna be great what's it gonna be like for him growing up with everybody in the family other than your dad being mm-hmm. female well and his dad and his dad as well <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> um it's gonna be i think he's gonna be the most spoiled rotten little kid you've ever met in your life because he's gonna have one mom and three aunts and you know grandparents who are just obsessed with him and won't let him breathe without ooing and awing over him so <laughs> going back to merch yes. little onesies stop oh my gosh it's so cute i'm totally doing it male and female well you can get like unis you can do unisex ones so yeah that that's it i was gonna say i drink with that's probably not appropriate for onesies huh pick me up (laughs) pick me up stop it that's so cute yeah see that's my job here done (laughs) click good Pick me up, no way. Can you tell us anything about your next song? Like, you said it's a ballad. Can you give us, like, an inkling to the name? Absolutely. Um, So it's about my dad, who is, like, my best friend in the entire world, biggest supporter, just the best dude you'll ever meet. Um, And it's all about him. So it's kind of like a father-daughter dance song is the way I like to put it, because it 
it just has those really sweet undertones and it's just a really 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 cool song it's my favorite song i've ever written really mm-hmm. as he heard it yes so i showed him i didn't want him to i actually i drew this out for so 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 long um and you know he hears all my music like i'll write a song and i'll just send it to him that happens all the time and i wrote this song and it was months before I finally showed him and he's like, Oh, the mystery song, the mystery song. And he was getting he was like, on to me. And I was like, Oh, I just know you'll love this one. Like it's so your style. So I want to like see your face whenever you listen to it. And so I kind of downplayed it, you know, and then he was in Nashville briefly and I had my little sister in the car too. She was in the back seat, and I was like, film this please. And I played it for him and he's sobbing and it was so precious. Oh my gosh. It was, it was the coolest moment. He's just like, and the, the song ended. He's like, I I have no idea what to do with that. <laughs> it's like good. That's perfect. That's, that's, then, that's so sweet. Yeah. It was really, really special. Uh and like two hours later, you know, it's just the three of us, my little sister and him, and we're going out to eat or something. We're kind of driving around and he goes, I just can't believe that. And I was like, Can't believe what? He's like, That song. I was like, Dad, it's been two hours. It's <laughs> <laughs> like drop it. It just shows it. it just shows that emotional impact songs have particularly mm-hmm. with people like yeah. you, like your father. I mean, yeah. there'll be so many dads out there that'll listen to that and then put it in their perspective and put themselves right. in that those kind of shoes. I mean, right. I'm like, I'm excited. I can't wait to hear it. Oh, I hope you love it. I really do. I hope a lot of people can relate to it too and, you know, make it their own for their own father or whatever. Yeah. Have you got a, like, date ready for release? I believe... It's like 90% sure that we're doing October 16th for that one. October 16th. Mm-hmm. We're rolling about quick. <laughs> that is that is quick. It's mm-hmm. like, that's what, one a month? Oh, no, cause uh, was... Yeah, I think we're like four weeks out now. Three and a half. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, that's going to come around quick. Yeah, I'm excited. Are you ready for all the PR and the publicizing you've got to do? I am. I will be home for most of it because I'm planning on going home for this baby for... A good two, maybe three weeks. Um, I just want to be there. Yeah, this is the first grandchild, so we're all really, really excited. And I want to be there with my family through this time and make sure my little sister's all good to go. Um, so we're planning on doing all of the like promo photo shoots and everything this week before I leave on Thursday. So Wednesday's going to be busy with that. But um, everything else I can kind of do remotely, you know, from my yeah. computer. One. So, yeah. I, I think I'll be ready. I'm a little overwhelmed with it right now, but it's going to be good. And it, it's so special that it's coming out, you know, right after the first grandbaby's born too. It's just a really, it's a cool time. Oh, that's, <laughs> just, I've just got this picture of a cute little boy in a pick-me-up onesie and nice little, nice little bib and a little dummy, a pacifier with. Yes. I'm so happy. I bought him a little tiny, it's the smallest little onesie you've ever seen. I don't even know if he's going to fit into it. If he's a big baby, he's not going to. But um, <laughs> it just it's an all-black onesie, and it says Nash across the front. And I'm like, because your eight lives in Nash. It's so cute. <laughs> Does it make you feel a bit homesick whenever things like that happen and then you're yeah. in, like, in Nashville? Definitely. Um, I've had a lot of friends who have had babies, and they're getting married and all that kind of stuff. And some things I've had to miss out on. Luckily, it's not too far away. Um I can always make that drive, you know? Yeah. It's only, it's six and a half to my hometown and eight to where my family lives in Kansas City now. So the six and a half hour drive isn't bad at all. Eight starts getting pushing it a little bit, but luckily, you know, the whole world is shut down right now. So I'm able to 
go home and be there, which is so special. And um, whenever we first found out she was pregnant, I didn't know what that was going to look like. As far as me touring and that sort of thing, there was no way I would be able to take off for three weeks. So, um, again, weird silver linings that have come from this whole thing. That that sums it up right there because as horrible as a situation has been in terms of a pandemic across the world and the amount of people that's died or got ill or lost loved ones, you know, it, mm-hmm. it is a sad period for a lot of people. But it's also been a time where we've all taken a step back and like kind of regrouped our thoughts and put everything into perspective. Absolutely. And getting like priorities in order, you know, like it kind of does show you what really matters. And, um, I feel like it's calmed down the hustle and bustle of everything a lot to the point where it's brought a lot of clarity to what is actually important. Yeah, exactly. I mean, before the whole, like the pandemic started, I was working hours upon hours and I was doing so much overtime. I was, a lot of my time was just spent at work. Whereas now I work my time at work and then I come home. Yeah. Yeah. You can, right. It allows you to view your own, you it makes you realize how much you push yourself and how exhausted you really make yourself and how ill you can make yourself as well. Yeah. You kind of forget the reason why you're working. You yeah, know? exactly. You can enjoy these moments and you can, you know, not just work for work's sake. Work because you enjoy it and then use those benefits to create life, you know. Work-wise for you, gigging, have you got any, like, gigs planned? You know, I don't yet, only because I'm trying to see how, you know, still here in the U.S., everything is so state to state on regulations and um, number of cases and that sort of thing. It's all pretty chaotic still. So, you know, there's some states that are totally cleared. They're wide open again. There are some states that are completely shut down. um, And then most of them are this weird blend. So I just think until there's a little more certainty in it all, I'm waiting to to play out. Yeah, that must be. Like we started off the show with, you know, it must be frustrating wanting to go out and play the gigs. You hear people in other parts of the country, in different states, where the rules are a bit more relaxed. You know, you see them going out. You just want to go out yourself. Uh, I think it's, it is kind of frustrating at times, especially just wanting to like, I am I'm not a homebody by any means. I love traveling. I love getting out. I love, you know, the constant change I'm just all for like being on the road and traveling and it's been weird not getting being able to do that you know um in the sense of playing out or just uh, hopping in the car and driving you know but uh I think I don't know it's just it's different place to place so I'm trying to just be patient with the whole process yeah understand again we're all experiencing some form of the same thing talking about loving to travel Where's the furthest you've actually traveled? Uh, Asia. I went to Vietnam and then Thailand. Wow. Like, I was expecting something like Mexico or (laughs) Paraguay, something. (laughs) Vietnam, Cambodia. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I went to Vietnam. It was amazing. It was my first international experience, too. And so that was like a very massive culture shock. Um, my mm-hmm. best friend and I love to travel from back in Missouri. And, uh, we randomly, we actually wanted to go to Thailand whenever we were scheduling this. This was in 2018, I believe. And it was monsoon season. And so it was just not a great time to vacation there. 
but we heard about Vietnam and then, you know, it's just, it's close by and, um, I've heard it's like just as beautiful, different in culture, but, um, still just, if you want that experience, that Asian experience that we haven't had had before, that's like a good place to go. So, um, her and I both never traveled internationally. We booked a flight and a couple months later, actually, I think we booked like one month out and which is the worst way to do it. The most expensive, horrible way to do it. Never do that. Definitely. (laughs) But again, we didn't know. Uh, hopped on a plane and went to Vietnam for a couple weeks. And it was so fun. <laughs> How old was you when you did that then? I was 20. 20. 21, maybe. Wow. Mm-hmm. Barely even legal to drink and you're out there exploring the world. Yes. It was so great. It was... Uh, it kind of opened both of our eyes to how much we loved to do that. Because we'd both been to, you know, like the Caribbean or Mexico or wherever. But... Um, hadn't been, you know, really outside of our comfort zone like that. And Vietnam is definitely less westernized than um, Thailand is. It's way more, you know, tourist friendly and um, just a little more Americanized, which is, you know, I don't know. Um, it's just kind of appealing to that. Yeah. Whereas Vietnam is just Vietnam and it's not at all about tourism yet or anything. And so it was really, really cool just to, we couldn't speak to anyone. We couldn't it was just so neat to be so submersed in a different culture like that. And, you know, we're using Google translate on our phones to figure out directions and like asking people, showing them our phones. And it was, it was really cool. It was the most beautiful place I've ever seen in my life too. That's brilliant. I mean, when I, for a couple of years ago, I was doing a, um, a course on travel and tourism. And one of the subjects I had to do was I had to sell a destination and the destination I chose was a trip around Cambodia. And oh, wow. just reading upon it, I've, I've never been myself, but just to read about it, it's just so, yeah, it's it, it, every, every picture I looked at, every like tour guide I looked at, every kind of like river cruise that you could do, like from Cambodia through up to Vietnam, just looked mm-hmm. so picturesque and idyllic. It's like, like somebody's just painted it. Yeah, that's how it felt being there too. You're looking around and you're like, this isn't real. Like, I don't feel like I'm on earth right now because some of the, you know, that we went and saw rice terraces and it's all around these beautiful mountains. I'm just like, this is too green. I didn't know this color green existed. <laughs> you should come to the UK. <laughs> oh, I have been saying that over and over. And the UK has been so incredible to me with these releases. I feel like they've grabbed onto it even better than uh, the US, honestly. Like, it's just been so much UK love and never been to Europe before. So I would love more than anything to come to the UK whenever all this chills out a little bit. <laughs> Where do you want to visit the most throughout like Europe? I don't know. You're supposed to say the UK. I'm not showing it. I mean, the UK, obviously, <laughs> obviously is the answer. <laughs> I yeah. think I would have to just kind of do it all though. Like I, if I go, I don't want to go for, you know, a week. I want to go there for a while and just spend some time really exploring. You should do a proper international tour, like full on visit Germany, France, Italy, Spain, learn different languages and then sing in different languages. I wonder hey. what pick me up is in another language. It's <laughs> a great question. I should probably <laughs> learn that if I'm going to go do an international tour, but um yeah, you book it and I'm there. I'll show up. <laughs> if you if you not if you come to the UK, when you come to the UK, mm-hmm. I'll certainly certainly be buying a ticket. Make sure you come to the north of Thanks. England though, not just London. I- yeah, no, 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 no. I can't, can't cut you out like that. 
<laughs> That's it. I mean, so many people that come over here, it's always like, yeah, we're going to London. Okay, I live 250 miles away from London. Oh, is that how far you are? Oh, wow. yeah. The UK is actually quite big. People uh-huh. don't realise, because it's an island, people think it's oh, it's only right. a small little island. Yes, it's tiny in comparison to the United States. Right. But it's still fairly big, I think. Well, I want to explore all of it, so I want to see every corner of that place as soon as possible. <laughs> well, you're certainly welcome here. Well, thank you. You've got your next release in October 16th. Mm-hmm. What kind of like time period are you looking for the 4th and 5th? So those will be released together, and that'll be the conclusion of the EP, and we'll re-release the first three with it. So it'll be five songs collectively, and that'll be just four to five weeks after the next single. So we're kind of displaced them all out. Like the first release had six weeks, and this one has five in between, and then four or four is what we're thinking. So I'll probably have it out early November. after this. Mm -hmm. You must be really excited to finally Mm -hmm. get the whole thing out as a whole. This is what I've done. Enjoy! I'm stoked. I'm so happy because, I mean, again, it's been five years that I've been pursuing music full time. I did everything kind of backwards where I played out like crazy and I did tours and um, got to open up for some really cool people. But I never I never put music out until just now, which is cool because I feel like I'm finally like confident in my artistry and know exactly what I want to say and how I want to be portrayed. Um, And it took me a while to figure that out. So it was all right in the timing. It's just definitely a little backwards. (laughs) I put out merch before (laughs) music. (laughs) With the EP itself, are you going to do like a special like vinyl kind of things and CD pullouts and all that kind of jazz that you can do with? Uh, maybe. It depends on how in high demand they are because vinyls are expensive to make and I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not sure even how to go about that process. I know there are people who manufacture them, but I don't know exactly. I don't know a ton about that. I do want hard copies of CDs just for the sake of having my first CD on a hard copy. Um, <laughs> but that's more of just a selfish thing than it is necessary i think (laughs) as soon as you got cds available i'll certainly be requesting a signed one deal i'll do that for you absolutely i'll I'll still buy it though i won't i don't like taking things for free are you kidding me (laughs) i won't even tell you that i'll just stick it in the mail (laughs) just randomly turns up one day on my doorstep how did you even get my address (laughs) next level creeper (laughs) knocking on the window right with the cd in my hand That's brilliant. <laughs> Pick me up. When you're writing a song, like where did is this from experience? Wanting um, to go to a liquor store I've, and get cheap champagne. <laughs> get drunk on cheap champagne. Um I pull everything from my own experiences. Um this exact story didn't happen exactly like this, but mm-hmm. I think I've said this before and I'm pretty sure where I got this concept for this song was me saying to a friend, "Hey, I need a little pick me up. So come pick me up." Ha ha ha. Like being really dorky and just saying something. And then I was like, "Oh wait, that actually might be kind of a fun little tongue in cheek song." And um we started writing it. And I was like, "This is this is great. Like this is really fun." And um so it's not an exact, I didn't live that exact moment, but again, all from my own experiences and um, things I love, like love some good champagne, some good yep. cheap champagne. <laughs> Do you really like champagne? I love champagne. I can't stand it. It's too dry. Are you kidding? Oh, I like the sweet champagne though. Sweet? I'm is... not, yeah. I mean, I love whiskey, which we'll mm-hmm. go on to later with I drink whiskey. <laughs> but champagne, like, yeah, it's... Champagne, Prosecco, certain types of like carvers. I can't, I can't deal with it because it's just, 
talking. It's like gin and tonic. It's like sparkling wine. Like, it's got to be sweet. It's got yeah. to be sweet sparkling. I get that. Are you a carbonation guy? Do you like carbonation? I don't know what carbonation is. What is carbonation? Like? The bubblies. Oh, the bubblies. And... I, yeah, I don't mind bubblies. Apart from water, I don't like bubbly water. What do you call it there? Sparkling call it... water. Okay, so not carbonated? No. <laughs> sparkling. <laughs> I love when I come across those things that like are just different culturally, but <laughs> there's so uh, much different culturally. I mean, mm-hmm. I've, I've said it before on the show, like pavement and sidewalk and boot and trunk, just different different words that are, we say in the UK and then you say in America. So like what we call like the pa- uh, the pavement on this, you call it a sidewalk. Oh yeah, the pavement's just like any concrete. See, we we call that like what we walk, you know. <laughs> I'm going to end up saying it's like a sidewalk, but then it's just using no. what you say and then it makes me, right, right. like, it makes it seem like we should be saying sidewalk. Right, it sounds like you're, I'm saying it right and you're saying it wrong, even though it's just different. It's just the way I'm, it's just the way I'm explaining it. I've just, go around the you houses. Say, right? Garbage? Is that right? Rubbish. Rubbish. Oh my goodness. What? I, I say rubbish, anyhow. Rubbish. I say trash. Trash? Sometimes say Trash. Or garbage, like like a trash can. Trash can. Ga- I don't say garbage can. Rubbish. Do you we, say rubbish pail? We 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 say rubbish bin. <laughs> rubbish bin. Oh, wow. Or even just shorter, just a bin. Yeah, that's so funny. What other words have you like heard? Have Have I said anything during this show? That's what I was thinking. I don't think you have that I've noticed. Um, you all say quite a lot. Quite. You. I don't think you do as much but i've heard a lot of people say quite you know like that's quite blah 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 and people don't say that as much here uh, it's quite as often quite as often you <laughs> see with the language here in the uk i suppose it's the same as america with the different states we say a lot of things differently depending where we are in the country so yes. if you're in london they'll say a phrase differently to how they'll say it here in yorkshire right so it's i suppose it's like going to massachusetts and saying something as opposed to going to Missouri and saying something. Mm-hmm. Or... You know, what came to mind is uh, sneakers and tennis shoes. See, well, you just call them trainers. Trainers. That's so funny. Yeah, I've never heard them called that. But, like, that's different parts of the country. It's, like, sneakers versus tennis shoes. I call them tennis shoes. Never played tennis, but... See, <laughs> <Or> tennis shoes. <laughs> what I view as tennis shoes are, like, the big ones, like the high, like, Jordans. Oh. Tops. High tops. That's what that's what I kind of view as like tennis shoes. They're, no, they're more like basketball shoes, tennis shoes. Yeah, those are basketball shoes. I guess tennis shoes are more... I don't know. I don't know. Just like sneakers. <laughs> like like Vans. Do, do you say like Vans over there and Skechers? Yes, we have those. So would you call that a sneaker or a... I just call that a shoe. <laughs> <laughs> this is fascinating. Maybe a sneaker or like a slip-on. See, not a all Skechers are slip-ons though. That's fair. Then that would be a tennis shoe. If it has tie, like lace up, it's a tennis shoe. Ah, okay. I'm learning something here. I hope everyone else is. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> oh, wow. I have a, one of my best friends here is from Canada, and she says so many things differently than I do, and it's it's always funny. And just her little her little accent comes out every now and then, and she'll just be like, oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. See, that's, sorry. How, that's how people say, like, replicate the UK accent. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, water. What water? Water. water. I've had I'm that... so bad at English accent. I can't do it. Not that you're bad, but you're not the only person that's like picked up on like the way I say. Me personally, the way I say water, they like go water, 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 
yeah I always make it sound like way too proper and like <laughs> I think the way people in the UK speak in general though not even the accent but just the the choice of words is a lot prettier than here in the United States really mm-hmm. we tend to cut out a lot of words we and we speak very fast as well Yes, but it just sounds very, very, as I trip over my words, very articulate and just well-educated versus I think here in the U.S. a lot of it can sound a lot of likes and like, 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 totally like, yeah, really like, you know. Like mean girls. If there's silence, it's cut up with weird words like um and like and things that shouldn't be there just to fill the space. (laughs) I think as... Like a presenter goes, that's one of the difficult things that we have is mm-hmm. filling. We've always got, feel like we've got to fill the silence because dead air is bad air. I'll always say so. I say so so many times. It's really it frustrates me. But then there's other presenters that will say, um, um. So what do you do today? Um, you know, it's, yeah. It's it's one of those weird like things that we've got to we've tried to get out of. Yeah, I didn't even think about the fact that it might be... Now I'm trying to catch myself not doing that. (laughs) (laughs) It might be that I'm talking to a lot of um, people who are Um, doing... um, Goodness, this is going to be rough. People who are presenting or, you know, who are trying to watch their words too, not just um, have a conversation. Um, Yeah. (laughs) That's the crazy thing because as soon as you mention it and as soon as you're thinking about it, the more you're inclined to do something, it's like saying, mm-hmm. don't think of an elephant. And the first thing that goes to your head is a nice elephant. Yeah. Or when someone's in the room, like don't look and you immediately turn your head. Don't press the button. Yeah. <laughs> don't touch that button. I always thought fire alarms were so rude to put in elementary school. I mean, I get it, but in elementary school, all I ever wanted to do was pull the fire alarm because it was such a no-no. <laughs> yeah. Well, here in the UK, it's like a break glass thing. So it's like a little yeah. square box and you just press it. It breaks the glass and then the alarm goes. It's so tempting just to go, boop. This is a little handle thing. You just pull down and it's just out there. And I'm like, it's so accessible. It's almost like it's got flashy lights next to it saying, pull me, pull me, pull me. Pull for confetti. <laughs> Glitter everywhere. That'd be amazing. Oh. But instead you get a fire truck and expelled. And the school gets fined and then everyone's upset. Yay! <laughs> I've just been looking at your jumper. Tennessee Titans. Yes. Are you a fan? I guess. I am now. <laughs> <laughs> Since I moved. I am a Chiefs fan. Oh. Because I grew up in Missouri and mm-hmm. my dad was a major Chiefs fan um, in his 20s. He had season tickets for like 15 years. Um, and then I lived in Kansas city for four years. Yeah. So I'm a fan. I'm not, I'm not like a die hard fan of, I love watching sports. I love the atmosphere of a sports game, all that sort of thing. But if you ask me any stats on anyone, I'm not going to be able to tell you honestly. So, I, <laughs> And this was I just, that. I like, you know, so I got to represent the Titans, I guess. <laughs> I get that. I mean, I, my father supports the New England Patriots and oh, yes. because he's, made me watch that i've always supported them and i love supporting them and i was upset with the titans last year for beating us so yeah but i've I've, I've, because of the whole correlation between nashville and country music and nashville being in tennessee you know i totally get it Mm -hmm. i'm fine with it i'm fine um (laughs) he says while clenching his fist (laughs) gotta hand it to the chiefs though 
pull a fantastic, fantastic Super Bowl. It was almost the Chiefs versus the Titans, though. Yeah. And how fun would that have been? I was so hoping for it. Broadway would have been a blast because it was before COVID, all that, and it just would have been a party. We were all hoping for that. I was hoping for that because my two teams, as much as I could call them that. (laughs) Well, as as soon as... um... As soon as New England lost, it was like, all right, come on, Titans, come on, Titans, come on, Titans. And then, obviously, when the Super Bowl happened, it kind of makes you think in hindsight how lucky we were to have the Super Bowl happen just before, because it's it's January the Super Bowl is. Mm-hmm. And what was it, February? Well, it was November, December, January. That's when COVID really started to fluctuate yep. and really yeah. grow. And you kind of think, wow, if it was like a month or two later, there wouldn't have been a Super Bowl. I can't imagine a, a year without one. No, I'm wondering if it's going to, what's going to happen this year. They'll probably do it just fanless Super Bowl, which is just sad. You know, it's kind of, it's like almost eerie to watch these football games with no fans in the crowd. It's really, mm-hmm. I don't like it at all, but I understand why they're still doing it all um but yeah that's february right like early first week of february yeah and so we missed it by you know a couple weeks before everything shut down Mm -hmm. it's crazy i mean here in the uk we're big fans of soccer yes and over here they've only just started letting some fans into the stadiums oh really so you've got majority of the games though they don't have any it's just like cardboard cutouts they've put of fans in the stadium so it's yeah, on the TV you can choose to have like stadium noise, so you can every time someone scores, it's like a pre-recorded cheer. That is so painful to me. <laughs> Actually, I've, I've got to admit, it doesn't sound that bad. Yeah, I'm getting used to it. It's it's not What's as good. What's your favorite soccer team? My favorite soccer team. Mm-hmm. It's Leeds United because I'm I was originally born in Leeds, okay. so it's a city in the north of England. Awesome. So we've just re- we've recently promoted to like the top level of soccer here. It's so it's so weird for me to say soccer because I'm so so used to calling it football. football. Yes. Um, Manchester United. Oh, that's how like, do you feel about? Them? They're our biggest rivals. Oh, oh. <laughs> so that's my producer's favorite, favorite, favorite sports team of all time. Really? Man, you. That's the only soccer team I know anything about because he talks about them and yeah. Well, that's it. You know, we need to create a new friendship and you need to spot leads. <laughs> You're like, to... I got to go actually. Good talking to you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> what you need to do is you need to spot leads just to rub him up. Oh my gosh. That would be fun. It'll... Okay, fine, fine. There's... I've never really watched soccer or football. Oh, you don't have to. I'll text you a few names of like okay. football players. And at the moment, Leeds, in the table, Leeds are higher up than Manchester. So that's one thing to say against. And they're rivals? Like, those are... Yeah. (laughs) That'd be fun. That'd be really fun. Or even if I'm just in there casually and I'm like, oh, so how do you feel about blah, so-and-so? You know, just really start. Yeah. Just say, isn't... (laughs) Just repeat after me. Isn't Patrick Bamford the best player in the Premier League? That's all you have to say. I'll, I'll I'll send the message. That's all you'll have to say. I'll record his reaction too. He's probably just going to slowly turn around and look at me. Just give me the... Huh? 
He's going to be like, get out. <laughs> get out of my studio. <laughs> so we've gone, we've gone through Pick Me Up and gone into a bit of a tangent into American football, which I've absolutely loved. Now, I drink whiskey. Yes. Did you, like, sit down with a pen and paper and think, what is all the drinks that I drink? What is the drinks that I want to drink on, say, a Mexican beach? And then <laughs> write it into a song. Well, someone actually asked me, you know, oh, is whiskey your go-to drink? And I'm like, well, if you listen to the song, I don't discriminate against any kind of alcohol. <laughs> I include it all. <laughs> well, the first, the first line's like, I drink beer. Yeah. It says it and there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that song, it was way more about poking fun at your significant other. Because I think everyone, especially right now during COVID, and everyone's locked in together and that sort of thing, has felt that pressure of, okay, I, I love you, but I, I need a strong pour because of you. <laughs> <laughs> you are driving me insane, but also, I love you. Um, so I... I really just wanted it to be about that. I just needed like, I wanted a fun, lighthearted drinking song, honestly. And that's exactly what this turned into. And I, it was kind of just referencing, you know, there's a time and a place for each kind of alcohol and um, whiskey is needed. Something really strong is needed whenever your significant other starts really wearing on you. <laughs> you see, when I've, <clears throat> when I've listened to I Drink Whiskey, I've always viewed the whiskey part as like a like the best part because you want to join in with something with your significant other and then you want to like you know show that other person that you're you know you want to be a part of their life and you want to share the things that they enjoy but then I think of like the completely opposite side where I drink whiskey whiskey because of you because of how you make me feel and because I get so frustrated <laughs> with you and you know it's it's almost like two complete opposite sides of the coin and it just mm -hmm. fits so perfect yeah yeah thanks it's uh I think it's kind of open for interpretation too. whatever you want to listen to it. Like you can listen to it that way. If you're like, Oh, I drink whiskey cause you like whiskey and it's cute. Or if you're like, you're driving me absolutely insane and I need a strong drink because you, you can really just listen to it however you want. But that's kind of the way I intended it. Um, speaking from personal experience. Um, and yeah, that was, <laughs> that's where that was pulled from. <laughs> so you've done plenty of tequila shots on the Mexican beach. Yes, I have. I actually, tequila might be my favorite liquor. I just am very choosy about when and where I drink it um, because I just have the time of my life on tequila and sometimes I need to settle down. So um, whiskey is definitely my go-to if I'm out at a bar or, you know, whatever. I actually love whiskey cranberry, which I know I get that look every single time and I wish people listening could see your face because I get, <laughs> every time I say that, people are like, what is wrong with you? But it's really, really good. Um, I actually came across it because... I, I never drink whenever I perform just because I like to really soak it in fully. Um, yeah. But a couple different times when I, I had a super sore throat and whiskey supposedly helps with that. So I had a whiskey drink and I didn't like – I was 21 at the time. So I didn't like the taste of whiskey yet. And so, right, And I didn't want any <laughs> – I grew to love it. It's an acquired thing. Um, <laughs> you got to practice a little bit. But um, I didn't want any carbonation, any bubbly. Spark. As you say. Yeah. <laughs> um in my mixed with my whiskey so i did cranberry juice and i just loved it i yeah so don't knock till you try it but it's really really good and um that's my go-to but 
sponsored by Budweiser now, so I have to say um, I are love you Budweiser. Are you sponsored by Bud? <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> how do you how do you do that? I want to be sponsored by Budweiser. They emailed me. Um, yeah, and we just started working out an agreement, and they are sponsoring me now, which is cool. I because, was like, well, hey, you're gonna like this next song. It's called "I Drink Whiskey," but it also mentions beer. So, <laughs> oh wow, you need to you need to put me forward. That'd be oh. okay. Do you like Budweiser? I love Budweiser. Awesome. What kind? Just, just regular Budweiser. I'm not like, a big fan of Bud Light because yeah. I like the stronger, I like the stronger yeah. flavor. What about you? Have you had the nitro? No, I haven't. Oh. The nitro gold. You like shake it up before you drink it. I'm actually going to post about it today. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going on a tangent about Budweiser. But yeah, it's like it has more nitrogen bubbles in it, I guess. Okay. So, yeah, we'll see. Oh, wow. I'll, do you get like free samples from them? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> you look like you're in heaven. And they sent way too much for my little body to handle, so... I got to be like the coolest chick at the party showing up with way too much beer, you know? It, it's kind of <laughs> happened like a couple months too late because that would have been perfect for 4th of July. Oh, I know. And being able to do like actually something big. and But yeah, it's uh, we have a lot of bud around the house. That is, that's <laughs> mental. I, mm-hmm. Wow. Like, wow. I'll, I've always wanted, you know how I've got, people who see my Instagram lives, my Facebook lives will know that yeah. I've got a red on air sign behind me. Well, yes. one thing that I would like above it is a nice little neon Budweiser sign. Budweiser, that'd be so cool. You have the perfect space above there too. See, what I wanted to, I'm, I'm just currently pointing to Ali now, my back wall where the camera faces. And at the moment I've got like stickers and stuff on there. I eventually, I've got these like different like finally poster things to stick on it i've got one that says live music every friday even though it's not every friday um (laughs) johnny cash cute oh my goodness i love that i've got a a jim beam Beam. you're a jim beam guy and a jack daniels oh i've got a Travel through America, Route 66. Cute. Oh my gosh, um, where'd you get these? I love these. Are they metal? Metal, yes. Yeah? Awesome. This one isn't country music, but it says On the Air and House of the Blues. These are so cool. Where'd you find these? I got these given to me as a present because it's my birthday on Wednesday and I had them bought for me. <laughs> Happy early birthday. Oh my goodness. Happy early birthday. I know. When you was talking earlier about how busy you've got on Wednesday, I'm thinking, well, I'm going to be at work. I'm going to come home and then I'm probably just going to chill on my birthday. Yeah, you definitely, you should uh, crack open a... A Budweiser. Budweiser. A Budweiser Nitro. A sponsored by Holly. <laughs> They'll never, yeah, that's... Do you have to do you have to do that whenever you do like certain posts? Like, just be oh, sure to uh, have a Budweiser. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you go to my Instagram, you can see a couple of them. Uh, I only do it like once a month or so. It's really laid back, and it's just like incorporated into what I do anyway. So you see, the more we're talking about it, the more I'm, the more I've seen it. I've seen you do it, but it's not clicks that it's an actual partnership. I thought you Which just is good. Went. I don't want it to look super like ad, you know, but yeah, there's a couple. I think I have two posts up right now with, uh, like, with the beer. Here's a mouse. I'm advertising a mouse. Here's some headphones you can buy and some teeth whitening strips. 
<laughs> have you seen all those posts like all the yes well like kim kardashian and people like that they go like ott but when they do it they earn like millions per post it's crazy that's insane i can't even imagine see i keep at the moment i keep drinking a bottle of orange juice see i should be we have a, we have a company here called robinson's they do orange juice real fruit in every drop real fruit in every drop no, how do they sugar. get every drop like that it takes um squeezing into a funnel <laughs> In every single drop. <laughs> you see, it makes every drop more enjoyable. <laughs> Robinsons, try it now. That's what I need to start doing. I need to start doing these podcasts and these radio interviews live. Yeah. So I can just hold up <laughs> a, a can of Budweiser or a bottle of Jim Bean saying, I'm enjoying this. Yeah, people know what you're talking about. I know, I keep, I keep using my hands to like describe things and I keep remembering this is audio only and I'm just... Making all these hand gestures. <laughs> I do I do it all the time. It's mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons why I've always enjoyed doing these chats through a video, like whether it's FaceTime, Skype, Zoom, it allows that like interaction. We can actually see each other and have a conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I completely agree. It's so much more personal and it's hard just to do a phone one sometimes, especially for a longer podcast i mean it's good to see mannerisms and facial expressions that kind of thing including the um the whole hassle that we had at the start we've been on you know we've been talking for an hour and 15 have we really an hour and 15 how oh crazy goodness, is that it's blown by that is it's it, that's that's the thing i love about these is just it it, it flies by absolutely that's so fun and there's still a million things i could talk about I know. <laughs> I could talk all day long. <laughs> so we've got we've gone through pit meal. We've gone through I drink whiskey. Now the thing I want to go back to with I drink whiskey. You mentioned cranberry. Mm-hmm. Like, who else do you know that drinks with cranberry? I don't know. How, I don't want to sound horrible by saying it. <laughs> is that not a drink choice there I, I don't know we we have cranberry but i don't people's probably going to comment on this now saying well i drink it with cranberry I, I drink yeah it with yeah cranberry. yeah i mean uh, vodka um, and orange we have i've never met anyone who drinks whiskey cranberries ever but vodka cranberry is a huge a very very popular drink here i can vodka cranberry would go because vodka is very yeah it's, it's, not, it's not as overpowering yeah, it kind of takes on whatever you mix it with. Yeah, but no, whiskey doesn't. But it's just a good, I don't know, it's a really good combination. Cranberry juice and and whiskey. <laughs> what kind of whiskeys do you like? I like Jack and I like Crown are my two go-tos. Crown? I've never heard of Crown. Crown Royal? Crown Royal, no. Really? It's an advertisement. Yeah. <laughs> so now we're speaking of... No, it's it's really good. Um, it's a little more pricey than Jack, I think, by a little bit, but um, it's really really good. How much? didn't have. How much is Jack Daniels a bottle for? Like the big bottles that you can get. For um, you? a fifth is probably, I'd say like twenty two dollars here. So that's somewhere around, what thirty pounds? Is that right? Or other way? No, it'll no, go no, the no. other way. That'll be like if it's twenty two dollars, that'll be. Blah, 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 blah. 17 18 pounds okay that's crazy is that a lot or a, 
there's for the big bottles, like similar to like this size, like almost my yeah, head. Like a fifth, yeah. That's like thirty, thirty-five pounds. So that's like forty. Whoa. That's like forty dollars, forty-five dollars. That's crazy. It's so much more expensive there. Oh. Now you know why Americans are alcoholics. <laughs> that's um. I think I need to move. Yeah. Is, so is, there, is there any real estate around you that like yeah. renting or buying? <laughs> Just for the alcohol benefits. Just for the alcohol benefits, obviously, and the fact that you all drive big trucks. That's such a stereotype. I don't know anyone in Nashville who drives a truck. I don't think they're doing. Malt. <laughs> the little ting with it. Ding. I just um, I just held up my little Texan flag. <laughs> um, there was. Oh, what was I going to say? Did the ting okay. distract you? Yeah, the little ting. The ding. That, reminds me, of like high, um, kindergarten, not kindergarten. What's the one up from kindergarten? Mm-hmm. The uh, triangle. The little triangle that you can play in the yep. little banjo. <laughs> ding. In music class. That's it. <laughs> Yeah. That was my instrument of choice. I couldn't <laughs> play anything. <laughs> I always liked the tambourine, which makes no sense now, but I was always going for the tambourine. The tambourine isn't that not a bad one because it's you got to keep the rhythm. Yeah. I, I don't know if I did a great job at that age. <laughs> Again, who does it? Seven years old. <laughs> did you used to tap on your head? I didn't, but that would honestly be very fitting. Playing the guitar now then. Do you find that you've got to a point where you look back when you was younger, first learning, you think, really, I, I struggled with X, Y, Z chord, and you know, it, it, does it come naturally where you could just pick up a guitar and just play pretty much anything if he was given the chords for it? Yeah, um, if I'm given the chords, I can play. I can play anything, which is crazy. Um, I remember how hard it was starting out trying to learn and just how much it hurts your fingers in the beginning and how frustrating it can be. Um, and how long it takes you to switch from, you know, one chord to the next. And it just, it's really, really frustrating when you start out the pinky finger. Yes. Pinky finger. <laughs> First one. No flexibility. You have to like learn that. Um, but yeah, now it's just so second nature to me and I can, I, I feel like I'm kind of at a place where I've plateaued a little bit and I've gotten as good as I can without, not to sound all high and mighty, but I feel like <laughs> I've learned what I can on my own and I would need someone to like teach me the next rung of guitar playing. Because I think after that, it's kind of like lead guitar. I can do pretty much anything ry- rhythmically. If you could have anybody to teach you guitar, who would it be? It'd have to be someone really, really patient. So I don't know. <laughs> uh, because there are so many people who... Maybe Brad Paisley. Oh, yes. He's a great guitar player, and he just seems like the most fun guy to hang out with, so I think that would be, like, a fun I think combo. My, Strict and stuff, I'm going to get all nervous, but... I think my top three would be, like, Brad Paisley, Keith Urban, and Lindsay L. Yes. Oh, that'd be fun, too. That's, yeah. like, the trio of awesome guitarists. Yes. Completely agree. Keith Urban, I didn't even think about him. Lindsay L's so good. Oh. Does it feel crazy... Being a being a girl from Kansas City in the big world of Nashville, and then almost like rubbing not rubbing shoulders with all your the big acts, you know, Eli Youngbang, 
you know, William, William uh, Michael Morgan. Do you find yourself in like this? Like you shouldn't be there. Like it's really, it's like a dream. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I think it really depends on how the artist treats you. Mm-hmm. Um, which is something I've really learned and is very ingrained in my brain for the time whenever I get to headline and stuff, making sure I'm, I'm treating my openers right because I've been the opener so many times and it really just makes a world of difference in the way the headliner is treating the people coming before them and says so much about how the night's going to go and so much about, I mean, it just sticks with you. Like everyone from them to you, like you're all people, you're all, you all have feelings. And I want to be able to, I don't, I never want to lose sight of that whenever I'm headlining because I've been treated really, really poorly by um, some acts I've opened for and incredibly kindly by people I've opened for. And it does, it sticks with you, you know, it's not just yeah. like, Oh, well, you know, I, I would never like slander anyone or anything for being, cause you know, everyone has off nights and I mm-hmm. know how busy tours can get and how you don't have time to meet everyone. But I think going out of your way just a little bit, just to make someone feel a little more welcomed or loved or just important that night is so, so crucial. Yeah. Now I'm not going to, I'm not going to ask who were like the horrible ones. Yeah. <laughs> I'd never do, I would never do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I will ask is what kind of things did they do? Like, was it just um, blanking you and stuff like that? Yeah, a lot of them were just kind of too too cool to associate with the openers. Um, which, again, it's hard to know what was going through their mind. They could have had a really bad day. You could have had a loss of some kind. Um, there's so many factors that play into that. So I never want to be like, oh, this person's not a good person because they didn't say hi to me. Like, that's not at all what I'm saying. But um, there was this one specific case where we were at a festival and the only thing dividing the crowd from the stage, the backstage area was a tour bus and this man's tour bus. And so it's just windows, you know what I mean? But it's all tinted and everything. So the audience can't see through, but Mm -hmm. we're on the other side of it. So he can see out and we're just all standing out there, like waiting for our turn to go on. Just kind of, it's kind of like our green room, a little backstage and he just stayed on his bus the whole time. Didn't say hello. Didn't even stick his arm out and wave. Nothing like, and he's looking, at us the whole time you know what I mean and it was just kind of like I know you're probably tired and I know you tour around a lot and that sort of thing but at least five minutes yeah you know like we're all giving up our time to open up the show for you and trying to make this whole like a collaborative night of making sure the audience we're warming up your audience is basically like that's another thing to remember is like these are the same people you're going to be playing to and if we're on our a game then like we're setting you up even better and um that's I don't know if you want to think about it like that but so that that was that was probably one that wasn't. And then he went on stage and he was drunk. He was really? drunk. He was oh, racist. No. He was forgetting all the words of his own songs and all this stuff. Like it was. So he was just on the bus getting drunk. Like we're standing right there. It was just kind of. It was just kind of crappy, you know. I was like, that's not. I just I just never want to be that way. And yeah, um, you know that was a good reminder of that. But there have been some other times where I haven't been treated like extra great, but it's never been. Again, it's just kind of like a everyone's rushing around. Green rooms are busy. Um, tour gets crazy. So yeah, that wasn't anything I took super personally. That one was kind of like a a low. That's that's, that's horrible for the <clears throat> that's horrible for the fans as well because they've paid money to go see this act. Yeah, and they treat it as if it's just a big booze up. It's. Right, like it's some inconvenience to them. Yeah, that's that's yeah. not it's not fair. 
no, it's really not. And, you know, he's just stumbling across stage wasted. And people ended up leaving because he was just so drunk. And it was just like, wow, I looked up to him so much. And then that happened. And I'm like, yikes. But then there are people that, you know, I never go in expecting them to be like, hi, how are you? Blah, blah, blah. But there have been people who, like William Michael Morgan, one of the nicest guys I've ever met in my life. Yeah. Not even our nicest guys. I've opened for him twice. Um, and he, the first time he was just like, Hey, you're, you're Hallie, right? Like, let's, um, he's like, so nice to meet you. He was like talking to me. He's like, when are you going on? Whatever. And just like, again, I usually, I'm the one to approach if like anything, cause usually they don't even know I'm opening. <laughs> and, honestly, I think you're just a fan. Right. Exactly. I'm like some kind of artist management backstage or something. And, um, he was like, let's get a picture together before you go up. And, you know, just like commemorating everything. And then the next time he met my dad really briefly that night, my dad's at like every single show. And the next time we were at this other festival in down South Missouri and he walked up to my dad before he even sees me. Hey man, how's it been going? Like, how have you been? Like just starting a conversation. Talked to my dad for like 30 minutes, like just really kind and just a really down to earth awesome. guy. Yeah. Sean McConnell, um, is an artist who I adore. Um, one of my favorite songwriters in town and he opened for Eli Young band with me and I got to hang out with him in the green room for like 45 minutes. And he just, we talked forever about family and life and, um, really, really nice guy too. But I've, I mean, most people I've opened up for have been lovely, like just really for the most part, good people. I think it's kind of hard to make it far in this industry, um, especially in country music where it's all very relational and friendly and it's like a family, a big old family. So it's hard to make it to a really high level and be an ass. Like you can't be like that. So you gotta, yeah. well, <laughs> like you gotta be a nice person to some extent. I mean, I'm a firm believer of karma and whatever yes. you do upon others, they, they'll do upon you. So if you're, if they're an ass towards you, then or if they're, they're going to be obnoxious towards you, then they've got to expect something equally bad to happen to them later not from like you yep. personally but yeah. something's going to happen to them that whether it's a, a loss of a record deal or a redu reduction in sales or there's something that's going to happen equally as bad right so i'm a firm believer in that i mean you, Me too. you, you do right by just being yourself being your bubbly self yeah. and just remembering like how you treat anyone is how you're treating everyone and not ever being like oh well this person's in this position so i need to be kind to them but then this person i'm passing randomly on the street like i could care less about like that's not i don't that's just not a way i would ever want to be and i think i think you're so right and then you hear stories about people like luke bryan i've never heard a bad word said about him in this town and i mean you hear all kinds of, like inside scoop about people the drama the tea you know <laughs> you constantly keep hearing all these stories and um he's one guy that everyone's like i had this interaction and this interaction such a nice guy. Oh, and like, you know, I had this friend who worked for him. He did video for him. Um, but before this, he was working as like security or like artist help backstage, kind of coordinate people, getting them where they need to be. And Luke's just like talking to him, like for like 15 minutes, just like, Hey man, like tell me about your life. Like ask him about his family. Just like starting a conversation with this kid who he never even needed to learn his name and just so nice to him. And then like next time he saw him, remembered his name, which is unbelievable. Like I have a hard time with that because and I'm nobody yet, you know, like that <laughs> can imagine being Luke Bryan and like remembering that. So just like, that's really cool to hear those kind of stories where people are, um, can get to that level of fame and success and still be down to earth. Good people. Yeah. It just shows those that truly respect the roots. Yeah. You know, yeah. Everybody also comes the right reason, you know, I mean, it's very, it's very rare. Some people come through 
the industry, you know, behind someone else's name. Yes, you've got, yeah. you know, there's, there's there are families, but a majority of people they've made a name for themselves because of the passion and the love for the the genre, and it's great to see that they're respecting that they've come from nothing. Yeah. And you must be excited for the day that Luke Bryan opens for you. <laughs> I would just love the opportunity to open for him. That would be so fun. He seems like a fun hang for sure. Do you have like the ideal artist that you'd love to open for? Um, There's not a lot that I wouldn't love to open for at this <laughs> point, honestly. But I think a good like combination for our tour would be Putting me on someone's like uh, Brett Young would be really, really cool. I think we'd be a really cool vibe together. Um, obviously, there's like Tim McGraw, Kenny Chesney. I love them both. Uh, I think Jake Owen would be a good fit. Billy Currington. I could go on and on and on for days. Obviously, Casey Musgraves. Like, are you kidding me? Wow. Are you kidding? You do like a female tour. Casey Musgraves, Kelsey Ballerini. Yep. You, I, that's where I can picture you. I yeah. can picture you with. <laughs> All of them. Mm-hmm. With the quality thank of music that you're bringing out at the moment. Well, thank you. And Thanks. how, just your personality in general, how lovable you are. Thank you. you know, it's, I'm really excited to see where this all takes you. It, to say thank it's you. only been, you've been in Nashville a year. Mm-hmm. And you're already at this stage where you loved throughout the US, you loved in the UK, you loved everywhere. I mean, I was thinking I was reading earlier, you've got loads of plays in like Australia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's crazy. It's, Thank you. You're doing brilliant. <laughs> Thank you. That really means the world. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Normally what I'd do towards an end of a podcast is I'd ask a question about like Jaffa cakes and pizzas, but you don't know what Jaffa cakes are, do you? I have no idea what that is. A Jaffa cake is a... Jaffa cake? A Jaffa cake. J-A-F-F-A. Jaffa. Jaffa cake, okay. After this, Google it. Okay. I don't know if you like sweet stuff or like cakes or biscuits or, well, cookies, should I say. Because biscuits to you are like scones. Biscuits are like bread. Yeah. Yeah. See, to us, biscuits are like a cookie. That's what we call cookies. Okay. But then cookies, we call cookies because it's like chocolate chips. Yes. That, that's all cookies to us is got like chips in it. Whereas like biscuits are like bourbons. I'll, I'm going to nail loads <laughs> of cookies off to you and you won't understand what they are. <laughs> I'll Google it all. I'll figure it all out. <laughs> what, no, what I'm going to do is I'm going to send you a load of stuff, a load of British confectionery. Now that I know you what? like sweets, I'll send are you... you I'll send you a load of stuff. Just so, But what I want is you to do a live taster. To say, oh, this is nice. But what I want is for you to answer a question when you do the Jaffa cake. Is Jaffa cake a cake or a biscuit? I'll text you it so you can remember. Okay. But that's like a big like dilemma. That's one of the main questions I ask on, on this podcast. Totally, no. totally music related, obviously. <laughs> but yeah. You're speaking my love language. Music and food. We are good to go. <laughs> So the the only question I can really ask you is, would you have pineapple on pizza? I love pineapple on pizza. There we go. Why can't people love answer it. like that? Love pineapple on pizza. That sweet and salty blend. Exactly. Beautiful. Perfect. That, that's the answer I want. Okay. I'm so excited for this. I will film a tasting video. Oh, I'm excited. I'm, I'm looking forward to viewing that now. <laughs> okay. Reminder, where can we find Pick Me Up and 
Uh, they are all over everything, any kind of streaming platform. And it's all just under my name, Hallie Kearns. HallieKearns.com is my website. And every single social media platform is just at Hallie Kearns. Really simple. That's awesome. So that's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Yep, and TikTok. And what is your website? HallieKearns.com. And when are you going to be looking at releasing your merch? In November. 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 And the name of your next single is on October 16th? Shoes to Fill. Is that the name? It's the name! Oh, that's awesome. You got it. That's that's fantastic. Thank you. That's totally fit. You know what's funny is earlier you said something, you were like, so you said something about shoes in the middle of that question you, when you were talking about that song, and I was like, he almost guessed the name of it. <laughs> that's, oh. mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't so have, she- thing is that I could have said it, and I would not have even known. I, yeah. <laughs> but you're the only one who knows so far, and everyone listening, I guess, but. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, if, if you listen to this, don't post about it yet. Keep it secret. Let's see how long it takes yep. for Hallie to tell everyone officially. And there's no rhyme or reason in any of this. I'm just making this all up as I go. So, But as of right now, you guys are the only ones who know. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> A little sneak peek. Thank you for coming on, Ali. It's been Thank really fun. So Thank you for having me. It has been so great talking to you. Thank you for coming on. Take care, Hallie. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And I'll see you all next time. Bye for now. That was the Country Chats Podcast. Join Dom next time for exclusive interviews, reviews and general chit-chats on all things country music.